Have you ever thought of what you might want to do after you retire? Well, you're going to have some new ideas today because we are featuring another Anchor Profile interview and we had the opportunity to talk with Georgie Lee London. She's a relatively new Anchor member, but she's jumped right in with an awesome station here on Anchor called Coffee at the Courage Cafe. And she shares every morning as she's drinking coffee some tips and insights and reflections on life. But get this, she retired a few years back and since then she started three new businesses. She is a psychologist and she has done clinical research in addiction and recovery at Harvard Medical School. And then after she retired, she has started a business called Zengevity. This is so cool. This combines movement and brain fitness. And she has an awesome website, zengevity.com. Then she started Boldly Brilliant. It's an entrepreneurial site for women. Although she said that I could join her Facebook group. And I promise not to stalk it. And another spinoff is a third business she started, Granny G Photography. Really giving tips and help to the older generation on how to use iPhone and smartphone photography to capture those memories for your family and grandkids. So we are going to really have fun here today and uh, just sit back and be inspired. Georgie Lee is multi-talented, multi-inspirational, and I know you're going to be blessed by her interview. We're going to play her shout about that she called in. Uh, just so we get to know her a little bit more, make sure you go ahead and fave her station uh, because you want to get your daily Java every morning at the Coffee at the Courage Cafe. So go ahead and just favor station. And remember, you can be part of our Anchor Interview Series. Just go to anchorinterviews.com, fill out the form, find a time that's good for both of us, fill it out online, and we can feature you as part of our series. For now, let's hear from Georgie Lee London. Hey there, Dr. Dan. I'm calling in to do a shout about. This is Georgie Lee London from Coffee at the Courage Cafe. And what a great saying, shout about. So here I am. Coffee at the Courage Cafe is all about inspiration, motivation, and a huge dose of courage. We talk every morning just about on whatever I'm reflecting on. I like to think of it as my morning coffee and my morning meditation to be on anchor and just whatever comes up in my my morning motivation, my morning ritual, whatever comes up for me in my meditations or reflections, I share with people who want to listen. And I hope that those reflections sort of inspire them. All right, that's it. Thank you. Bye. Welcome, Anchor family members. This is Dr. Dan with Anchor Talk, and it's time for our Anchor Profile interview series. Uh, you're going to be very blessed and inspired with our guest today. Uh, you will learn four things for sure and probably many others. Number one, you're going to learn more about coffee. You will learn more how you can be courageous, and that cur courage and coffee kind of go together there. That's a little spoiler alert. Also, you're going to learn a little bit about photography and how to have a healthier brain with movement because we have on our show 
Georgie Lee London. Georgie Lee, welcome to Anchor Talk. How are you? Hi, Dr. Dan. I'm great, thank you. And thank you for calling me and interviewing me. It's great to be here. Well, Georgie Lee, uh, I'm I'm very excited about our interview because you are multi-talented, multi-dimensional, and you bring so much to the Anchor community. You're a very new member. And so tell us a little bit about how you found out out about Anchor to get started here. Oh, sure. Um, So I'm a member, I think, as many people are, to many different Facebook groups. And um, there's one uh, that Barb Tomlin runs, which is uh, about Facebook Lives. And she had on a guest, Eileen Smith, who is the anchor queen, I believe. Yes. uh, I, I watched Eileen's Facebook Live on Anchor. I got intrigued and decided to find out more. So that's how I first found out about Anchor was through Facebook Live. And I'm really glad I did because I'm having a blast here. Well, you're just about a week or 10 days into this. You already have a show that is really uh, gaining a lot of listeners because you have great content. It's called Courage at the, I'm sorry, Coffee at the Courage Cafe. Tell us a little bit about some of your content so far on Anchor. Oh, sure. Um, I, You know, I just love coffee, and I just love that whole atmosphere of being in a, in a coffee house or a coffee shop and, yes. um, you know, talking to people and just a nice, relaxed way to be with people. And that's how it started. Um, you know, I, I wanted to blend the coffee in, into a, like a courage cafe, you know, because, you know, in the morning, you know, everybody has their own morning practice. I like to start my morning, you know, with a cup of coffee and just sort of lean back, close my eyes and drink in that lovely, hot, lovely liquid. And then, you know, start sort of musing in my mind about, you know, what's for me that day? You know, what what's, and that leads into my morning practice and, I'm sure people here have heard of the miracle morning and how important uh, it is to set up a morning practice. And so now I've made Anchor part of my practice. It's a way for me to just, after my own reflection and meditation, what comes up for me, that's what I'm sharing at Coffee at the Courage Cafe. So a recent episode was about acceptance because uh, I was having issues around the, all the natural disasters, what's going on with you know, Houston and Florida and just, you know, the whole threat of nuclear war with North Korea. I mean, there's just so much chaos and craziness going on right now. And and I, you know, needed to work on my own acceptance. And so after doing that, then I was able to share on Anchor, you know, where I came with that. And hopefully that might help someone else. And that's really what I'm there for. Maybe someone can use some of that courage. Yes. Well, I love that particular segment, and I actually echoed it, added it to our station at Anchor Talk. Uh, So you've already made a great connection. Uh, Tell us a little bit how quickly people have engaged, and I think you found out that uh, we have a, a, a very vibrant community. Oh, absolutely. This community is like the best community I think I've ever you know, joined into in terms of, you know, early on connection, uh, people have been so kind and so generous, you know, like yourself who've echoed my episode. There's been others in the anchor community that have been echoing, uh, calling in, 
uh, favoring my station, you know, just just really making me feel so welcomed. It's a really great community and a very diverse community, and that I love too. Um, and I've, you know, really connected with some people there already in just a week, right, week, 10 days. Uh, I'm now listening to Anchor all the time when, you know, I'm on my walks, my sort of my fitness walks or whatever I'm doing. Um, when I have free moments, I'm listening to Anchor now because I just love hearing what people have to say there, whether it's, you know, it's about basketball or tech or especially your Anchor talk or, you know, whatever people are sharing, you know, whether they're sharing about how they're, you know, escaping from the hurricanes in Florida or they're sharing, you know, what happened in football this week, you know, whatever it might be, it's just amazing the diversity of the group that's there. Yes, and I know you, like myself, you know, we, we've been big podcast listeners in the past, but I find myself listening to Anchor like about 90% of my podcast time now. You know, it's shifted. Yeah, me too. And then, you know, I do drive a lot in, in my car. I used to listen to podcasts all the time. And now I'm, it's definitely shifted. I'm listening to Anchor. That's awesome. Well, I want to let people know more about your background. And you talk about diversity. You have a lot of diversity in all the things you do and the things that you created. And I think it's just fascinating. And uh, you bring a lot of richness to the Anchor community. So uh, you're a psychologist. Uh, in a majority of your professional career, uh, you've been in addiction and recovery. And you've been involved in clinical research uh, at Harvard Medical School. Tell us a little bit about that. That's uh, awesome. Sure. Um, most of my professional career was in addiction and recovery. I've done individual counseling, group counseling, different things. I spent a few years at Harvard Medical School, quite a few, uh, where in the Department of Psychiatry, they run different clinical programs and uh, clinical research. And so I did a project called Harvard Cocaine Recovery Project, where we did a clinical study on the differences of two types of treatment for cocaine dependence. Wow. Uh, I've done, yeah. So, I, you know, I've done a lot of different projects. I did a parenting addicts program where I worked with a developmental psychologist, and she offered early childhood um, development uh, skills to the infant, the heroin-addicted infant, and I provided the recovery uh, training for the heroin-addicted mother. And so we tried to keep the mother and child together, keep the mother in recovery with the motivation that she could be in recovery and take care of her child and help the child uh, recover from uh, its initial born addiction. So, I mean, we've done some pretty different things. I've uh, done many different, I've done IV AIDS studies. I mean, a lot of different clinical studies, but I think, mostly important to me is that any clinical research I did had a clinical component to it. So it was always like, you know, looking at, you know, I was able with the research funds basically to create a clinical program to help people who really need it for free, right? So, yes. um, so that was always my impetus was how can we create these programs where we do clinical research, but we'll also be able to offer people in the community free services uh, especially in the world of addiction, by the time people need our programs, they really have nothing left. They have no family left. They have no job, no money, nothing left, right? They're usually homeless. Sure. And so so that's what I was up to in, uh, in terms of working 
in clinical research. That that is amazing, and uh, you know, of course, in the headlines almost daily are updates about the current opioid crisis and really health epidemic, and it's been described as the the worst health epidemic in U.S. history, which is quite mind-boggling. Uh, addiction is literally on the front pages almost daily, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's, you know, it, it's, an, it's sort of a, I like it, it's an unknown sort of secret, right, about how bad it is. Like, you don't hear often enough, you know, is, uh, the issues around opiate addiction and what's really going on. Uh, I was just saying to my husband yesterday that, you know, I had driven by this small little town in Maryland where there was a big sign in front of the police station, 416 opiate deaths, deaths, overdose deaths. Oh, my goodness. And in this year to date. And I'm thinking, wow, in this little town, that, you know, and it just surprised me so much. And we were talking about that, that it's sort of like people don't hear about how all these people are dying from overdoses and um, you know, they're the forgotten ones often. And so, yeah, I, I totally get that, that it is a, a major health crisis that I'm hoping we bring more to light. Well, I love what you said about the clinical research that you were involved with, that you tied it in with actual programs that could be implemented in a community to help people. Because research is great, but if it just stays at the university level, and if it's not filtered down into practical help, then you know it's not going to be as effective, right? Uh, that's I, I totally believe that. I think it, I mean certainly there's research that has to be done only in a research setting. Okay, so we're not talking about sure. that. But but anytime you can bring a clinical research program into the community and offer services to the community, I think that's brilliant. And I you know I encourage more people to do that. Um, it, especially now with the challenges of getting governmental support for programs, um, that's one of the back-end ways that we can still offer people some services, right? Um, Absolutely. Well, and, and uh, that will be a nice segue into uh, our discussion about some of the things that you've done since uh, you, re- quote-unquote, retired Now, a lot of people look forward to retirement and they just kind of kick back and chill and, you know, relax. Now, you have started three different businesses in retirement. I just think that's so cool. Uh, (laughs) And uh, let's start with uh, the one that that is a natural progression from, you know, your uh, life and career as a psychologist and in addiction and, and just understanding about the brain and, and everything. Uh, it's called Zingevity. A great term. Uh, tell us about that. It's brain and body fitness program for ages 60 and older, right? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, when I retired from addiction and recovery field and doing clinical research and clinical direction, I just made the choice to do that. Part of it came from I moved from the Boston area to California. And so it was time for me to let go of that part of my life. And so when I did that, um, I started sort of percolating the Zingevity idea. And 
I had always taught movement uh, along with working full-time in addiction and recovery, whether it was, uh, you know, my own children when they were little kids. You know, I would teach movement classes their age level. I taught adults. I taught all ages except for seniors. Like I had taught, you know, anything from step classes to NIA classes to uh, Qigong classes. I've taught a lot of different movement practices. Um, and what I happened was the local senior center just called me out of the blue and said, we, we just lost our exercise instructor, so we'd love for you to come and teach here. So I thought, okay. well, that would be fun. I hadn't worked with that age group. So when I went there, I had 12 women to begin with, and I started teaching actually another physical movement practice. But I learned very quickly that they needed so much more. So that's when the idea of Zingevity started, that you know, we could combine brain fitness movements with body fitness movements so that they'd be getting their physical body worked out, but also this whole idea of, you know, slowing down dementia and Alzheimer's by doing brain fitness because, Great. you know, something simple like just walking a labyrinth path, you know, is a brain fitness exercise. And you can do that and, and you're walking, you're, you're sort of, you know, it's this, it's the neuroplasticity, right? So like you're, you're walking physically, um, but if you're walking in a pattern, then you're also working your brain. And that was the whole idea of Zingevity, to not only work your body, but work your brain. That's fantastic. Now, I'm on your site, Zengevity.com, which is an awesome website. That's Z-E-N-G-E-V-I-T-Y.com. And I'm here with a great article. It's how exercise can be so much more powerful than just moving muscles. Can you just kind of expand on that a little bit? Sure. Um, so in Zingevity, it's a whole body approach. You know, it's all about living a longer, healthier, and happier life. So it's not only, you know, the physical fitness, it's mental fitness, emotional fitness, and even spiritual fitness. So that's the whole body approach. We want all of those parts of ourselves to be actively engaged uh, in the movement uh, and it, it it creates a different – in fact, one of the things I'm going to call on my clinical research background soon and ask – and um, I would like to see Zongevity be evidence-based. And to do that, you need a research project to do that. And I'd like to find out more about what happens in our Zongevity classes because right now it's only subjective. It's not, a, you know, researched or objective. But in the subjectives that I see with Zongevity and the teachers report to me, and we have, you know, almost – well, actually, almost 600 teachers now. Um, wow. That's yeah, awesome. what they're seeing in their classes is that, you know, a, a 75-year-old woman or an 85-year-old woman may walk into class with her shoulders rolled forward and her head down, and you think she has osteoporosis, and she comes into class, and she's sort of withdrawn. She's not really into the class. She's not talking to the woman next to her. And she sits down, and she does the class, right? And then she does the class a second or a third time. Well, by the fourth time, she's actively engaged with everybody in the group, right? Yes. It's the group. It's all about community. And all of a sudden, she's walking into the room with her shoulders rolled back and her head up high and with confidence and smiling. Um, to me, that's the huge gift of Zingevity, to see that happen with people uh, is a blessing and just makes me I'm very excited each day to be working with all these people who are teaching Zongevity. 
Wow, that's very powerful. And, you know, I'm a chiropractor in my nine-to-five job uh, outside of Anchor. And when I saw your site, I mean, it's just like, wow, this is so cool. Because, you know, my goal is to get people, of course, out of pain, but then get them active, functional, fit, and movement. I always tell my patients, become a mover-improver. And, of course, uh, focus a lot on balance and uh, brain health. So th- this is an amazing program. So let me ask you, you said you have 600 people who have been trained. If, if people are listening to this interview and if they're thinking, wow, this would be a great thing to add to our community, how can they get plugged in and learn about this and possibly even offer it in their uh, area? Uh, well, if they enjoy working with seniors and they'd like to work with seniors, then they should just go to the Zinjevi website and there's lots of contact information People can contact me at Georgia at Zingevity.com. So that's Georgia, G-E-O-R-G-I-A, like the state of Georgia, at Zingevity.com. It's very easy, and there's a contact page on the Zingevity website. Wonderful. So either of those two ways, um, they can connect with me. Um, if I, will, I always respond to every email that's sent, and, um, and often we'll talk with people on the phone about how they can get started um, it's it's a two day teacher certification program, and people it's you know like it's six hours that's it ten to four we keep it short because we have a lot of older people who actually sign up to get certified in longevity. A lot of students want to take uh, the certification just to learn more about longevity. They don't always teach, uh, but they they're students and they want to learn more about the practice, and so they often yes. take the teacher certification. That that is awesome. Uh, I'm definitely going to look into that because now are these the physical training classes? Are they in Maryland, or are they in different areas? Uh, where where are they? The majority of teachers and trainers are in the New England area. Uh, okay. That's where I started out. Um, they do travel. We have three trainers. Uh, they've gone to North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, California, Colorado. So we, okay. you know, we travel around. Um, we not only do like in the, we don't do individual trainings, uh, though. I am considering starting that soon, like through, um, you know, like an individualized training program on Skype or something like that. But I. Mostly, we offer the two-day certification, okay, and the, great. Teacher, the trainers will go and do a training. If you know, they have to have a, a certain number of people who sign up for the program, um, but sure. they will travel to do that. And we do go into uh, you know assisted livings and do trainings for the staff. That's uh, our corporate program, and I really love that because when you can change the attitude of the staff in, in an assisted living or uh, you know, nursing home facility, you know, it makes a huge difference. I mean, one of the reasons that, you know, I started Sanjodi was my 89-year-old mother-in-law came to live with us. And when she lived with us, we went through the whole, you know, she wanted to be in assisted living so she could be independent. She then went into a nursing home. Then she went into hospice. And through that whole process with her, like I would go into a place and I would see someone slumped over in a wheelchair off to the side in the hall. And I'd see staff walking by and visitors walking by and, you know, residents walking by, no one acknowledging this person. And that just like tore my heart wow. out. And it was like, oh, we sure. can do, 
yeah, we can do more. We can do something better than this. And that really was one of the major impetus for me to start Sengevity was when my mother-in-law was living with us and then following her through her path to, to passing. And, you know, I, and so when I can go into a place like that and I can train the staff and how to engage with that person as they go by, yes. uh, even if it's like, I call it an anchor stop, right? <laughs> you know, anchor five oh, yeah. segment. And when you can do an anchor stop with a person in a wheelchair slumped over like that and talk to them and get them to move and get them to think and get them to speak, you know, that makes a huge difference in their life in that moment of time. And so, you know, I, that for me is really rewarding. And, it, and I feel like the teachers who go into places and teach, go into assisted livings or hospices or even health clubs or council on aging, senior centers, wherever they're teaching, they really do make a difference each day by training people and teaching people how to do that, how to engage with people. That's incredible. Um, very excited to learn about this. You know, I think I've been doing a little longevity on my own, and let me explain. I opened up uh, another anchor channel uh, recently, and I'm calling it Six Million Step Man, not to be confused with the Six Million Dollar Man. And my goal is to walk six million steps in a year, and I'm audio podcasting while I walk. I have a little lavalier mic, and so I'm I'm reading uh, one of the articles on your longevity site that I just want to share, and I'd, I'd love for you to comment because you're you're contrasting dual tasking with multitasking. So let me just read this. You say, when we think, we activate the little gray cells and we revitalize the brain. That's a good thing. When we talk, we're activating the brain. If we walk, body fitness, and talk, brain fitness, that's a neurological process called dual tasking, which is very healthy for our brains and body. Not to be confused with multitasking, which is not healthy for the brain or body. So can you just respond to that? Because I think I've been doing that when I've been... uh, audio casting uh, on Anchor for Six Million Step Man because I'm walking and talking, as I like to say. And that's awesome. That is definitely, dual tasking is the best. Um, you know, what the research has told us and with neuroplasticity is that when we can engage the mind while moving, it's it, it just fires up those little gray cells in a different way. Uh, so, Great. yes. Multitasking is a little bit different. Multitasking is when we're, you know, watching the TV, listening to an anchor episode and typing on our computer and, <laughs> you know, there's phones in the background ringing. And so, so that's multi- so they're more than one, right? So multitasking is more than two, right? It's, it's right. Three, sure. three, four more things. And what happens is our brain begins to shut down. It's just overloaded. And so okay. we're working at a different frequency. Um, so, that research has found that multitasking, you know, we can do it, but it, it is not at optimal, what they call optimal performance. We're at optimal performance uh, when they've done the MRIs on the brain and they watch people's brains firing at different things that are initiated or engaged with, um, you know, like showing pictures or multitasking or whatever they're doing in the research. They find that, you know, at some point after the dual tasks, the brain just doesn't fire as much, right? So it's just like a muscle. Like you can work your muscle to death, but that doesn't help your muscle, right? There's an optimum load for your muscle. So, you know, we already know in fitness, like 8 to 12 reps is what you want to do, right? 
mm-hmm. if you did 20 or 50 reps, you're going to have a sore muscle. And it's the same thing with our brain. You know, if we exercise our brain multitasking too much, then it just kind of shuts down and it doesn't perform optimally. So that's why I, I invite people to, to give dual tasking a, a try because that's the optimal performance for our body and brain. Well, and there's just been so much research, uh, even in the last year, uh, but certainly in the last five to ten years, that has shown that exercise really helps uh, prevent cognitive decline, onset of Alzheimer's, things like that, dementia. And so I know your program is targeted for 60 and older, which is fantastic in that realm, but it's really never too early to start good, healthy practices like this, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. The earlier, the better, of course. Uh, We tend to just, um, you know, focus on the 60, what we call 60 and better, uh, because we feel that was sort of a a more neglected group. Um, So, uh, but yes, definitely, you know, doing these movements, doing brain fitness activities and physical activity is good no matter what age. In fact, one of the things we're finding, um, you know, is that, um, a couple of the Zingevity teachers have children who are developmentally delayed, right, And so, um, or have developmental issues. And they have been practicing the Zingevity with kids, you know, between their own kids between 3 and 10 years of age. And they have seen Im- incredible changes in their kids. Oh, and, great. You know, yeah, and so people have been asking us to do a Zingevity kids program there's a lot going on in our in my life, so we haven't gotten there yet. But I've certainly worked with kids uh, for a long time in terms of physical movements and uh, physical fitness. And so, you know, that's something to come in the future is longevity kids because they they are seeing huge changes in their kids. Um, so yes, I think that it's never too early to start uh, any kind of physical fit practice. Yeah. Yes, and I would think uh, kids with ADD and you know, attention deficit and things like that, uh, I mean, that would potentially be very helpful and beneficial. Yes, yes, for kids. definitely. Well, okay, because so that's Because we kind your... of reverse, you know, we reverse. Like the developmental steps we go through from birth to, say, age five, right, or seven, that goes in reverse as we get close to our own passing. Uh, so, like, and it, and, you know, no one knows when that passing will be, but if you're in your 80s, 90s, you know eventually it's going to happen. Um, and and what happens is it goes in reverse from like eight. The things that you did when you were seven and five down to one, right, happens in reverse as you okay. get to your last few years of passing. So let me give you an example. As we get older, we end up in diapers, right, because we lose right, that exactly. function, right? We lose that sure. function. Well, you know, memory begins to decline, just like memory uh, inclines with birth to five years. You know, so all the different brain functions that happen uh, as we grow birth to five, seven, have decline as we go towards our own passing. And so that that is one of the reasons if we can keep motivated, moving, you know, move it, or you lose it, they say, in Zingevity. You know, the more you move, the more you get your brain engaged, you know, the less you're going to decline. So it's it's a pretty simple process. That's great. Well, you talked about getting evidence-based research for Zingevity. 
uh, I have evidence that Zingevity works because you, Georgie Lee, uh, your brain is very active. And in retirement, I said that you started three businesses. So, and so we've talked about one. And so now let's go to the second one. And that is Boldly Brilliant. And you have a website, boldlybrilliant.com. That's another brilliant name, by the way. I just love that. And it's inspiring women entrepreneurs to daring adventures in success. Tell us a little bit about that venture. Sure. Uh, Boldly Brilliant came out of an advanced training course with Zingevity teachers who wanted to know uh, more about how to start a business. Uh, for some of them, they wanted to start like a Zingevity business. For some of them, they, they were um, interested in just how do I go about start, you know, getting a Zingevity class? Like they were sort of afraid to even go into a senior center and, you know, say, here, I would love to teach Zingevity here. You know, like they were afraid to even go in and, and ask to teach. And so we started the Be Boldly Brilliant program to, to instill confidence in some of the teachers to go out and start teaching Zingevity. And even one teacher started her own Zingevity studio, uh, which was her like a yoga business, right? Like a yoga studio. This was a Zingevity studio. And so that training developed into its own separate sort of business coaching program Great. Um, awesome. that started out with Zingevity teachers that then has evolved. And so anyone is certainly welcome to join uh, Be Boldly Brilliant. We have a great Facebook group um, that's called Be Boldly Brilliant. So facebook.com slash group slash B-E, Boldly Brilliant. And that's a good way to start with Boldly Brilliant because people are in there posting all the time and supporting each other, encouraging each other. Uh, to daring adventures in success, right? Whatever success means to you. And for me, life is a daring adventure, you know, and I think that yes. keeps, every, keeps you young when you treat life that way, that it's a daring adventure. That's fantastic. Now, uh, I love acronyms, and I just see that you have uh, part of your description here that you – Give a step-by-step -step strategy, S-T-E-P strategy. Uh, is there any way that you might could reveal that powerful acronym for STEP? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about systems and tips and engagement and practice. Those are the, that's what the ac it. acronym stands for. And so we start with systems in place. Uh, for a, a new business or a current business that you want to grow more. Um, and then we provide you lots of tips uh, and how to get, get started or to, again, um, if you've sort of stalled in your business and you want a, a breakthrough in your business, okay. there's lots of tips that we offer. And then the engagement, uh, you know, the importance, what Anchor does best, I think, which is community. You know, I think people right. – uh, who are entrepreneurs tend to sometimes be loners and off on their own and uh, they struggle and they try to make it happen, but it just doesn't happen for them. It's because they're not engaged with other entrepreneurs. They're not uh, engaged. Great point. With, yeah. They're not engaged with a community that can support them, uh, encourage them, you know, be observant at what they may be doing that's causing them 
uh, not to succeed in their business, like holds them back? What is it that's holding them back? Often we can't see what's holding us back. And so being in community and engagement, uh, that helps. And then the practice. You know, there's, there's um, sort of like the systems. We know there are things that if we practice on a daily basis in our business, um, you know, like marketing. <laughs> I'll use marketing as an example because, you know, we're all sure. marketers. We need to be uh, right. for any business we might have. But what I find is people don't really practice um, that. So, um, you know, for me, I can tell right away. Uh, the first question I'll ask someone who I'm coaching in business is, how many hours a day do you spend marketing? And they may say uh. one or or 30 minutes, or five hours, or this, no one ever says five hours, but, <laughs> but right. they, because they, the ones who are spending five hours marketing have successful businesses, right? That's so true. The, yeah, so the problem I find for most people is that they don't really fully understand marketing, or how to do marketing, or what kinds of marketing they need to do. And so, as soon that question tells me exactly where the person is in their business, right? And yes. if they're marketing at least two to four hours a day, I know they'll have a successful business. But the truth is most entrepreneurs market 10 minutes, 30 minutes. They may go on Facebook even for an hour and consider that their marketing. And, you know, true marketing where, you know, you're creating that community, having that engagement with people, it takes time. And if we're not Spending, you know, if we're spending, I find that a lot of people spend hours learning about business, but never practicing their business. So that's why the P in okay, step practice. is practice. You got to practice your business. See, I knew you had a power acronym, so thank you for sharing that. <laughs> uh, I thought you had the dots there, and I could tell it was an abbreviation. Okay, so the, like the Facebook group, is it just for women, or do you let guys in too? Guys are more than welcome. We've oh, had that's we have, good. Because I, I was going to say, this is discrimination. I was just like, no, I'm just kidding. No, no, I, I get it. You know, I hear that from a lot of people. And, you know, we did focus on women because it tends to be, um, you know, in the longevity world, it's it's 99% women. We do have one male person who has taken the Zingevity training. And so our focus has always been around women, but it doesn't mean that men can't join the, the Zingevity okay. or Boldly Brilliant. Men are certainly okay. invited. In fact, time. one of the reasons I started Granny G Photography was that that will draw in more men into the, into the world, right? Great segue, in, great segue into your third business that you <laughs> created since retirement, Granny G Photography. So tell us how that came about. Granny G Photography came about by me becoming a grandmother. <laughs> All and, right. Um, and so I had two granddaughters within a, the last year and a half. I've had two granddaughters. They were born about seven months apart. Um, and I have always been, a, you know, loved photography. Even from my undergraduate college days, I was taking photography courses. And later on in life, I you know, I, I took a photography certification at the Design for Imaging Arts. Um, 
at Boston University and did some wedding photography like you yourself, Dr. Dan, has done, which I think is yeah. really incredible. And I want to ask, fun. who's going to interview you? Because I think you need to be interviewed. You've got so much to offer people. Anyone can um, interview and, me anytime. They can just ask okay. me. There's this okay. really cool app called Anchor. And they have this uh-huh. feature where you can click interview, and you can interview someone right from your phone within the app. So that's pretty cool. It is awesome. <laughs> and someday I'm going to do that because yeah. you have a beautiful long story, too, that has lots and lots of stuff that you do. So anyway, back to Granny G. So um, I had, out of Zingevity, I had offered an advanced training on iPhone photography, and everybody okay. loved it. So I thought, well, I should offer it to others. Uh, people were asking me, can our friends take this class? And I said, sure. So that's how Granny G Photography started. I love photography. It's always been my creative outlet. So remember back in Zingevity, mind, body, emotion, and spirit. So spirit to me is also about creativity, you know, that we all need this creative outlet in our lives. And for me, photography has always been that. So, um, so That's great. Yeah, so I started the Granny G Photography School to help people learn um, skills at better skills at iPhone photography or Android photography or at their camera photography, either one. Sure. Um, so that's what Granny G Photography is about. And you have a website, grannygphotographyschool.com, yes. right? And I've already signed new- up for your weekly newsletter and your tips. I'm in, <laughs> okay, I'm in Georgie Lee. I'm in. Woohoo! Okay. I am so excited. <laughs> To have the six million step man in my Granny G photography <laughs> school, I can't tell you. Oh, uh, there you that. go. I okay, love so six million step man, that's an awesome, awesome. Oh name. yeah, please favorite my station, and I'll be uh, doing some uh, some steps later today, and and do an anchor. So you're saying out of six hundred people that have done training for Zingevity, only one guy? Yes. You said there's only a, one okay. guy. Okay, it's on my bucket list. I'm writing it down. To be the second guy who's been trained for longevity, <laughs> okay? So I'm going to okay. come to your training, okay? And I am going to stalk your women's entrepreneurial, uh, quote-unquote, Facebook group, Boldly Brilliant, okay? Oh, I'll behave. I will behave. <laughs> okay. Well, we okay. welcome you. <laughs> well, thank you. Very good. Now, uh, this has just been fascinating. I mean, you have so much uh, to to offer, and congratulations on everything, your career and then what you've done in retirement. I'm looking forward to retirement if I can be, you know, a tenth of as active and creative as you have been and are. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So I don't know if you're familiar with the anchor terms of service. There's fine print to every little thing that – any business, uh, I think it's Section 23, Code 15, any business that you create individually after retirement, uh, once you join Anchor, uh, they, I think they give you 30 to 60 days that you have to do a separate podcast for that business, okay? I don't know if you realize okay. that. So just to let you know, I mean, in your future, I see, I mean, I, I absolutely love a coffee at the Courage Cafe. I mean, you you got it going on, okay? But then I can see podcasts in your near future, Singevity, right? Boldly Brilliant, and Granny G Photography. So you're going to learn how to podcast, and you're going to become a poly podcaster. What do you think? I think that's in my future, yes. 
Definitely. Yes. That's awesome. Okay, so in closing here, let's wrap it up with coffee here. So I know you like to talk about did you do you like have a different coffee flavor a day or an episode or how do you do that? And also, what are your top three coffees? If if like I said, okay, you can for the next year you can only have three uh, flavors of coffee. What would they be? Uh well, my main coffee, uh, and I don't drink coffee like all day long or lots and lots of cups. I really keep my coffee down to two, two cups a day. Um, I. My favorite coffee is Starbucks French Roast. It's a very dark, rich roast. Nice. Um, I, and I love it. Um, my second favorite has just uh, come into being, and this is through Simon Says, who is another anchor host who's yes, fabulous. Simon in the Says, we love him. Yes. Well, he yes. wrote in that gingerbread lattes are his favorite coffee. Ooh, and I, nice. I had one. I had one yesterday, and they are delish. They are so delicious. So that's my second favorite right now. And then my third favorite is um, Jamaican Blue Mountain Coffee, and um, and only from Jamaica. And um, so there's lots of people who sell Jamaican Blue Coffee, but it may not be the real thing, so you have to kind of okay. dive deep on that to find it. I, I live in two places. I live uh, here in Maryland on the Chesapeake Bay is my main home or house. And then I have an apartment that I rent in New York City uh, for the last three years, um, which is on 42nd Street, a few blocks from Times Square. And there's a really wonderful little coffee roaster uh, shop uh, there on 40, around 42nd and 9th. And they bring in coffees from all over the world. So they're these big canvas bags of coffee beans, and you have them, um, you know, ground and brewed right there in front of wow. you. So that's where I get most of Love my it. coffees when I have a coffee, a different coffee every day. I don't keep, like, lots of coffees on my shelf or anything like that. I, of course, I have some. But... Um, when I want to try something different, and I just, for coffee at the Courage Cafe, I thought it would be fun to try something different each day. Um, so I go there, okay. coffee, it's called Coffee Roasters, and they just, they grind the coffee, they brew the coffee, and I sit there nice. and have my cup of coffee. It's just wonderful. Well, you are a true coffee connoisseur, and thank you for sharing that. Uh, that that's a lot of fun. It really is. And I lo- love your station. Again, it's Anchor.fm, and then coffee at the courage cafe and uh you you've got a lot of loyal listeners already and that's only going to increase so uh you know really appreciate you taking the time to share with us georgia lee and we are a richer family and community because you have joined anchor and so it's pretty cool place to be isn't it oh thank you so much yes yes i love anchor and i love the community it's wonderful thank you well, I want to ask you, if after we interview here, and I'm just mentioning this in the interview because it's something that I'm asking everyone to do. It's it's a new coined term that I've come up with called shout about. And uh, shout outs are kind of confusing. A shout about is really a call in where you call in to anyone's station. I'm asking you, Georgia Lee, to call into Anchor Talk. And in 60 seconds or less, just tell us about the courage Coffee at Courage at the Courage Cafe, and uh, that way I can play that 
next to when I uh, publish this interview later today. Okay. And then okay, great. Does that, does that sound cool? So just it, it, you don't have to reference the interview. You can if you want, but it just tells us a little bit more about you. And it's just a little kind of a preview promo bumper. And the cool thing about call-ins, uh, when you when when you hear that on our station, you can then echo it back to your station, and you can sh- click share, add the station, and then you add it back to your station. And I call it a call-in boomerang. You know, you call in, and then it, then you can kind of come back. And then both of us have access to that material, that segment that we can save in an episode. And then you can kind of save it and bring it back from your archives is like a little uh, bumper, if you want. So you could have some dual purposes. Awesome. So, awesome. Thank you. Sound cool. And I will uh, encourage people who are listening to this interview. We love to interview uh people on Anchor, uh, part of the Anchor family. And this is this is my favorite time. I mean, just Georgie Lee, it's just been a pleasure to get to know you. And anyone can go to anchorinterviews.com, just like Georgie Lee did, sign up on the time and, and fill out a little information. Uh, our goal here at Anchor Talk is to interview 100 Anchor members in the year 2017. And we're right on track. We're uh, around 25 now, and we're right on track to do that. The other thing is we are putting together a book called Anchor Voices, and it's a collaborative audiobook project. So, Georgie Lee, because you're one of the first 50 interviews, you will have your own page profile in the book Anchor Voices. How cool is that? Uh, very cool. Thank you again. Awesome. Because it's all about our individual voices, but then the, you mentioned the diversity. So if anyone would like to uh, learn more and become part of that audio-submitted collaborative book project, you can go to anchorvoices.com, which is our Facebook group for that project. Georgie Lee, thank you again. You're awesome. And I think I need to go out and find some gingerbread latte. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. (laughs) Awesome. Well, hey, we look forward to following up with you in the future and staying connected here on Anchor. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Dan. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.